Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Pitney, and today I am joined by the superintendent of the Paragold School District, Nick Jankoviak. Dr. J, thanks for coming on. Hey, Jared. Thank you so much for having me. It's good yeah. to be here. Well, you are quickly becoming one of my favorite people, and I mean that. Every time I've been able to be around you, I always leave encouraged, always leave inspired. You know, my kids are currently homeschooled. I don't know if you knew that, but I every time I hang out with you, I'm like talking to my wife like you know we might want to consider uh getting the kids back in public school because i'm just always so like i said encouraged by your vision and just your heart and your passion for kids so i know you're a busy man especially this time of year so thanks for making time to be here yeah glad to be here today um so i know a little bit about your story enough to know that you're not originally from paragold that's right which immediately i'm like how in the world did you end up here i don't really know that story so okay how did you get here? Where'd you come from? How'd you all get right. here? All right. Well, I, I first of all, I've been in Paragould for about 18 years now. Um, 18 years as an educator, but I was an educator four years before coming to Paragould. And this is a, it's a wonderful place. Um, good people. Great community. Um, from Michigan. Yeah. Uh, that's where I was born and raised. Um, very large family, Jared. I have 14, uh, 14 kids in the 14? family. 14? Yeah, that's right. Where uh, were you at in that mix? Right in the middle. Were you really? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get lost? Yeah, well, actually, I'm number 10, so pretty close to the middle. Yeah. But, uh, no, 13 siblings, um, most of them still live there. Um, I have one sister that's living in Florida now. But uh, very strong family, loving parents. It's um, where I met my wife, met her at church. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? I just growing up with uh, you said fourteen in a home. Yeah. What did your parents do? Well, my mother was a stay-at-home mom. Um, Jeez, God bless her. Next man. to Mother Teresa. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. so. Just a wonderful, wonderful person, and very fortunate that she's still here with us. Mm. Um, my father's also a good man. He's passed, but at one point worked three jobs for the family. Uh, to try to make ends meet. What did he do? Uh, well, his main job was an accountant. Okay. Yeah, but uh, he worked three jobs. There's some taxes on the side, things like that. Yep. But um, growing up in, in, in a large family, I know what it's like to do without. Mm. Uh, that's part of my story. And, and I tell this story, and so many people say, oh, that's, that's sad. And, um, you know, as far as, um, you know, some of the things that I went through, and, you know, Honestly, it, uh, I thank God for that because it, it has helped give me, uh, give me the character that I have today. In what ways? Like, so, how did you think it helped develop the character? Um, I know what it's like to live without certain things. Um, um, I can remember um, growing up, uh, you know, there, there were times my, my father would take me and my younger, uh, my sister and my brother, and we'd go to the local market. Um, and, uh, we would get some food for the family and bring it back. So we'd go to the dumpster, um, and wow. then, um, uh, you know, pick up some bread and cheese and yogurt and milk to this day. Uh, milk, I always have to check it. I don't like that curded milk, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, man. Did but, you know you were poor as a kid or was it just no. like, oh, this is just life? This was, this was life, you know, but I was very observant. Um, there's a lot of good that came from that. Um, yeah, I watched the, uh, the store manager have a conversation with my father. And, uh, before you know it, uh, he was meeting us behind the store 
and making sure that we didn't have to go to the dumpster for those items and he'd give it to us so you know that generosity is is something that um, I'll always remember Mm -hmm. and uh, you know I hope to show that each and every day yeah did you um, out of the the 14 did a lot of the majority of those go into college your brothers and sisters I, I do I, I have some uh, you know there there are a few that have a college degree um, various uh, one's a pastor another a teacher okay um, another a degree um, in business accounting things yep. like that yeah. so you played uh, football right in high I, school I played a little bit yes. okay a little bit of football what else did you were you in any other sports in high school powerlifting yeah. okay yeah. all right love the weight room <laughs> <laughs> do you still work out I, well, I wish I wish I worked out more than I than I yeah. do. Uh, right now, I had I just had to make a decision to. Time is limited. Yeah, and I'm a dad first. Yeah, so my my time goes to my kids. Right on. So, out of high school, what did you think you wanted to do? Like, what was the next uh, step in your mind? I I've always known that in high school I knew I wanted to be an educator. Yeah. Where do you think that came from? Uh, being around such a um, a large family. A lot of cousins, always just around people, um, watching my mother and how she cared for others. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, you know, that that's that's something that uh, uh, rubbed off on me a bit. Yeah, and I always wanted to care and take care of other people. So you get graduate high school, go to college, and you at that point are just like, I'm going to become a straight up teacher. Or are you thinking administration at that point, or just teaching, coaching? What were you thinking? Teaching. Uh, yeah, uh, it's. You know, some people are always looking to climb that ladder. That's not me. Um, I just want to be where God's called me to be. Mm. And, um, you know, the thing is, is, um, you know, God has always brought me from one place to the next. Um, it's it's not something I had to push for. Um, he has me where I'm at today. And uh, my focus was just simply trying to be everything God's called me to be. Wow. So you come out of college, first job in Michigan, I'm guessing. Yes. Hometown. Oh. Hometown boy. Uh, Is that where you were going to spend the rest of your life? That was it, man. I, I was uh, next in line to be a building principal. And then we received a phone call. Uh, my uh, mother-in-law gave us a call. Um, she had lost um, a daughter and her husband. And well, she was struggling. And she uh, she had asked, she went through each um, each one of her kids, and uh, Chris was the, the last one, and she had asked if we would be able to help. And uh, what do you do? You know, we prayed about it, and uh, we just felt that uh, God was calling us to Paragol. Wow, so is that where Chris is from? No, no. Uh, my mother-in-law is from Leechville. That's where she was born and raised. Wow. But no, Chris Chris grew up in the neighboring town back in Michigan. Jeez. Yeah, that, so this that, was not home for her either then? No, it was not. No, she she visited in the summer. But uh no, she was uh she was uh she she attended the rival school. So uh, yeah, I and, and I tell her, I say, you know, cause she was a cheerleader and there wasn't much I liked about my rival school, right? <laughs> but I can remember one football game. I made a play on the sidelines, and I looked up, and there was that cheerleader. You're like, and I found the first Ooh. thing I really liked about that hey. rival school. And the thing is, is we never we never beat them. But to this day, I say I took the best thing out of that time. 
that's incredible. So, man, that had to be a. I don't know if I would have it in my heart to leave my hometown with my wife and go to the south uh, in, in the middle of nowhere. What it had to have felt like to be like, was that a, was that a painfully difficult decision to make? Or was it one of those things where like, you just feel like God had already prepared y'all's hearts and just like, this is just what we're supposed to do. You know, Jared, um, my wife and I had been on a couple missions trips prior to that. And, you know, we, we knew early on, we just wanted to be in the will of God. Right. And we prayed about it and we felt led to come to Paragold. Um, now I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> when I, when I arrived at, you know, there was a financial hit. Um, I was doing pretty good in Michigan and, uh, just as the te- as a teacher, as a teacher, teacher insurance was top notch. Is it really so oh, better there than it is here? Much, <laughs> much, much better. Um, so, you know, coming here, we took a hit and, um, you know, you just keep plugging away at it. And like so many people, you know, I had reached a point where the, the struggle just seemed to be too much. And, um, you I were can, aware at that point. Yeah, I was here. But yeah, but where about school? What were you? Well, that's I, two years at Green County Tech before coming to. Okay. To and you were teaching what? And I was a sixth grade math and science teacher. Okay. So you're there and things are not going as planned. We're just taking a, you you're just taking a financial hit mm-hmm. and it's tough, you know, not having enough, you know, to, to take care of your wife and, and kids. It just wasn't enough. And I can remember um, walking up and down my dirt driveway, right, in the middle of nowhere. And I was having a conversation with God. Uh, God, I missed it. I'm sorry. I missed it. Mm. Get me out of here. Mm. Okay. And uh, crazy thing is, Jared, the next day, I got a phone call. It was Dr. Hosman, Paragould School District. He wanted to interview me for the Woodrow Wilson building principal position. Where did that come from? You didn't apply for it first? Uh, no. He called. <laughs> and I followed that up with well, him. Well, how did that happen? Where did, yeah. I mean... From a, from a, I know from a 30,000-foot view, but from a ground view, like, does someone just be like, hey, here's someone you might want to think about? You know, I'm, I'm telling you, Jared, that's just the way that I've lived my life. Um, you know, trusting in God. Uh, he's my father. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, asking him for help. And he makes a way. And he made a way. And, um, you know, he had a plan that and I couldn't see. And here I am about 18 years later, right? <laughs> And look at look at what the Lord's doing. And now you're like, okay, Lord, I missed it, but I thought I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you right the first time. That's right. That's right. So he, Hossman calls you, tells you, Woodrow? Woodrow Wilson. And so you, be, what year was that that you went to? 2006. 2006. So you move into the principal row. Mm-hmm. From there, what's the path that you went on eventually, superintendent? Were you Did you go straight from there? To like assistant, I don't, I don't know. You're kind of what was the path you took? Plugging away at it, uh, still not thinking about superintendent. Like no, at that point, you're not no. like I think I could keep. I had no desire to be a superintendent. I just wanted to be the best that I could be in my current position. God made a way, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to be the best building principal the world had ever seen. Right? What did that mean for you to be the best uh, principal the world uh, had seen? Like what 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 does that look like? My best every day my best every day. And so uh, two years later, um, I was asked to take a position at Oak Grove Elementary. I did that. 
a couple of the best years of my life because your mother worked <laughs> on my staff. Uh, and she, she, brought, hey, she brought me food almost every day. It was great. I, I received the leftovers. So <laughs> She really enjoyed working for you too, by the way. She is. Those uh, were sweet years to her as well. She's precious. Um, she's a wonderful, wonderful lady. Absolutely. But so I spent spent a couple of years there and um, then I moved to the central office and took on a positions, federal programs coordinator, worked in the math department. OK. Um, and then I, I was asked again to take a position at the Paragold primary. Um, and so I was happy to do it. What was that? Building principal, Paragold okay. primary, brand new building. Yes. Lots of challenges there. Starting a building for the, you know, first first time. But um, worked there for a couple of years. And then I was asked um, if I'd be interested in assistant superintendent. And uh, so you can see the pattern there. What do you think they, the people who are promoting you, <clears throat> what do you think they saw in you? Hey, man, listen, it's it's simple. If there's anything good in me, it's Christ in me. Hope of glory, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, so everything that I do, do is unto the Lord. That's how we live. And, um, you know, I think that's probably, I, I hope that's what they seen. Uh, the good book says we're supposed to be the fragrance of Christ. So that's how I've tried to live my life. Just honest, hardworking, fair treat others the way you want to be treated, forgive, keep short accounts. I and mean, is that what you're talking about when you're talking about Christ in you? Love, joy, peace, <laughs> patience, kindness, yeah. goodness, gentleness, yeah. forgiveness, self-control. Yeah, the fruit of the Spirit. There you go, man. And that, so before we talk about you going to the superintendent, what do you, do you miss anything about being principal? Because that's, that's a different world, right? Because now you're going from you're interacting with the teachers and kids and the day-to-day and the kind of the trenches, right, to you're yeah. now more – this is – you probably wouldn't like this term. I guess it feels more like a general somewhat. Like you're, you're still very much trying to accomplish the same thing, but it's from a little bit further back and, and more people you have a chance to influence in that position. But do you miss that, Yeah, being there in the actual schools? So I'm going to tell you something that not many people know, and I guess everybody's going to know now. <laughs> When I was asked to be the assistant superintendent, I cried mm. uh, because there was a big part of me that did not want to go, right? And I and I struggled with it. And uh, my wife, being the wonderful, just absolutely incredible person that she is, um, she showed me a picture, and it was a um, a picture with uh, Jesus on a knee, talking to a little boy, and he had something behind his back, right? And, you know, the thing is, is I, I loved it at each stop along the way. I was all in. Mm. Right. And so I loved what what I was doing. I loved the kids. But God had something bigger. There's something else he wanted me to do. And um, I've always been willing to accept that challenge. And um, that's brought, what brought me here today. What did you learn we had Debbie Smith on last year, which I thought she was – I didn't work with Debbie Smith, obviously, but I was personally, when she was I was like, that's an incredible woman. Yeah. And also it seems like a, a well-run district. What did you learn from working with Debbie? So she's as solid as they come. Uh, five years I was able to just um, sit at her feet and learn. Uh, you know, she's – she took the district and put us in a good place financially. Yeah. Um, 
she she does all of the little things right. Um, she's a good person, you know, heart of gold, um, and cares about people. So I, I was very fortunate to get to know her at that level, and um, wouldn't be who I am today uh, were it not for her. Yeah. So now you're in that role. Yeah. Um, what are you learning from that perspective, just about the school and, and public education now that you're at the top of the chart, so to speak? I know you don't view it that way. I know you probably view yourself as the servant. That's right. You know, who just can better serve. But I'm curious from the perspective of you've gone from being the teacher in the sixth grade classroom mm-hmm. in Michigan to now superintendent of a school district. Anything that's changed in how you view public education? The goal, the goal is still the same. Every day is full of challenges. Every day is full of opportunity. And I talked to my staff this week. We, you know, we had our welcome back presentation. Yeah. And, oh, it was great, Jared. You should have been there. It was a celebration. I would have liked to have been. Fun. But I challenged um, staff members to, um, you know, we, we talked about seize the day. Um, you know, be a light. Uh, for other people, uh, just take advantage of every opportunity. I, I challenge them to get connected, get connected with each other, get connected with the kids. But it all comes down to this: just simply become who you are. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's education, if it's construction, if it's a medical field, lawyers. It doesn't matter. God has put good things in us mm-hmm. for such a time as this. Mm. So live out your calling, live out your purpose, mm-hmm. and each day is an opportunity. Yeah, I was <clears throat> just talking actually to Coach Gunn about this at lunch. Of, um, and we talk a lot about this, you know. Uh, just obviously, I'm you know my day job is I'm a pastor, and Robert, who produces the show, he's a youth pastor, and and so we want to make a difference in the world. That's what got us into this, you know, as well. I mean, we believe God called us and, and has wired us, and that's one of the greatest ways we can make a difference, you know, for his kingdom. And um, But we have such a limited time with our people. Mm-hmm. I mean, an hour and a half on a Sunday, an hour on a Wednesday night-ish, mm-hmm. and it's just like if you truly want to make a difference in the lives of people, education is the way to do it. Yeah. Because you have a captive audience, you know, for whatever else, six, seven hours a day, whatever. I, I'm curious, like, it, it seems like to me, from what I've been around you, what I, what I'm, what strikes me about you and encourages me is like, that seems to be your heart from day one. Is like, this is not just about the money. I mean, yeah, you gotta be able to pay the bills, but it's very much, and even what you said to your teachers, it's like, like, yeah, we're giving them an education, but we have a chance to give them so much more. Oh, yeah. an opportunity to, to change your lives. And with Perigold School District, like, man, this changed tremendously since I was there. You know, I graduated from there in 01. That was a much different school, a much different school. And I, I, Tim told me, and I forgot, what is the um, – do you know the percentage of kids that are on free or reduced lunches? Well, right now we're CEP, so we're locked in at about 70%. 70%. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. And so, like, I guess I'm just curious, like, is that – how you see the job that you're in of like, man, what an opportunity we have to have an impact on these kids. And some of them that honestly just don't even have much of a home life or anybody there to be in their support or in their corner to to care for them. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Every day is an opportunity. Uh, When you, when I have that conversation with folks about um, free reduced lunch rate and 70%, it always brings me back to uh, when I was growing up 
and and the idea of poverty, right? Mm-hmm. What is poverty? I think I think as Americans, um, you know, we have a very limited perspective. We always go to money, right? But I grew up in a in an environment. It was a loving home, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a big part of the reason I am who I am today. Mm-hmm. My parents loved me. Mm-hmm. My my siblings loved me. We may have uh, not have had the the nicest uh, cars, or mm-hmm. you know, I remember when my dad bought me a pair of T nine five four shoes. Man, I'm telling you what, I wore those <laughs> you shoes have to, to dirt bed. Off those things, man. I wore them shoes to bed. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, we didn't have all of the nicest stuff, but we grew up in a loving home. And so what I tell people is this idea of poverty. And when I was a building principal, I'll go back to my days um, at the Parable Primary. Um, you know, I, I would, of course, we, we'd have a student that was struggling academically. Maybe there's attendance issues. Maybe there's some discipline issues. And so the teacher tries to make that connection with the, with the home, with the parents. Mm-hmm. Not able to do it. Goes through our... RTI response to intervention process ultimately goes to the building principal and I'm not going to sit back and do nothing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm trying to make them phone calls and then you get in the car and you just go to the home. You're just going to knock on the door. Right. And you get, you to would the, actually go to the home all the time. That's what we do. That's right. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back to that one, Jared. But <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear more about it. But, um, you know, you get there, you pull up to the house and it's like, my goodness, it's a mansion. Multiple cars in the driveway, a boat. Growing up in poverty sometimes is growing up with uh, parents who have plenty of money but don't have time mm-hmm. for the child. Yeah, what you're talking about, you're redefining poverty. Poverty is not an absence of money as much as an absence of a relationship. Yeah, that's a, such a big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> you talk about going to the home. That it's things like that that I'm like, man, I wish I would have known that when I was in high school so I could have been a little nicer to my teachers and my administration because you just don't hear about that kind of stuff. You don't see it, man. It just seems like at times such a nice job. The teachers go home. They're out nights. And, I mean, they're, you know, they got their nights free and their weekends free and their summers free. And like, no, that's yeah. not education, man. There's so much more to it, especially if you care like you do. Yeah. Um, does public, let me ask two questions. One is, you know, my wife and I had this conversation around even homeschool because um, we've talked about going back to public school. One of the things that is continues to be a concern for us somewhat is the safety element. It sure. continues to seem like the world is becoming a more and more dangerous place. Now, let me preference what I'm about to ask. Like, I don't think it's our job to hide our kids from the shadows. Like, I think it's our job to, to help them be light in dark places. So you can't hide them from that. You can't pretend. I don't think the job as a parent is to just keep your kids safe. Right. Um, that's not what I'm saying at all, but I think that's a real increasing concern for a lot of parents of, you know, this is my most prized possession. Yeah. And I'm dropping them off with y'all. Like, is there a way we can know that our kids are safe? Is there a way that, or is that possible in public school anymore that we can have that confidence? Absolutely. Jared, you know, Paragol School District, just a quick plug for Paragol, but this is, you know, schools are committed to this, providing a safe, caring, nurturing environment. And we, we, we provide our teachers with professional development. We're always looking for ways to do better. But in addition to that, um, you know, 
We have safety measures in place, procedures, protocols. Um, we've paid attention to what has happened across the country over the years, and here recently what took place in Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, we've we've uh, looked over uh, what's called an alert report that came out of um, uh, Texas. And we've looked over uh, that report to determine what we could possibly do to strengthen um, or harden our facilities, right? Now, I don't think it's necessary that we would have metal detectors or wands or anything like that. Um, but from that report, we, we did see the importance of locked doors, making sure doors are locked, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, you know, we have U-bolts that we have purchased. Um, That's something new? Well, yeah, we, we've had those for a few years now, okay. but we're purchasing additional U-bolts. Um, which can help secure classroom doors. Mm -hmm. um, we've a purchased we purchased additional cameras, um, cameras that are monitored by the nine one one center mm. during the school day. Okay, which is a good thing as well. Uh, we're working with local law enforcement to review our crisis ma crisis management plans, but also school safety plans. So we're constantly providing professional development, constantly looking for ways to do our job better in a safe environment. But uh, just remember, we go into education not for the money, mm -hmm. but because we care about kids. We cannot care about these kids more than the parent. That's impossible. It's, that's their child. Sure. sure. But we love them, and uh, we're going to do our best to take care of them each and every day. Well, do you think that um, public education, like, let me ask you, yeah, I think I want to ask it like this. Are we, is the public school preparing our kids for the real world? Um, I know there's a lot of conversation around now. <clears throat> out now, and I'm sure you've read all this stuff and you're up to date. Do grades actually matter? You know, what are we really testing for? Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I do, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think there's always a balance, right? Um, there was a time that the, um, the high-stakes annual assessment wasn't a part of our reality. There, there was a time where teachers didn't have a set of standards mm -hmm. that they had to go by, mm -hmm. right? Now, I think it's appropriate that we would have those standards, sure. right? Because we want to make sure that kids are growing and there are concepts that build on other concepts, mm -hmm. right? The idea of accountability as a way of measuring whether or not the child has learned those concepts, well, that's important too. Mm. But we're about more than just high test scores, right? And don't get me wrong, we're watching that close. Um, that's a measure of our success, and we've seen that in the Paragold School District. Um, going back six years ago, um, uh, we looked at our academic ranking in the co-op. We're 12th wow. out, out of 14. The next year, eight out of 14, the next year, six out of 14, the next year tied for third out of 14. So we are using that to help measure um, growth. How are, you, how are you improving in that area? Accountability. Accountability is part of it. Um, uh, professional development, um, making sure that we're focused on those things that are going to help our kids grow. You know, the thing is, is, uh, you know, going back to the standards movement, uh, when I was a sixth grade teacher, um, you know, uh, there were certain standards, certain concepts I needed to teach, but, you know, there were certain things that I liked to teach, right? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. well, if, if that's all I was teaching, 
what I liked to teach, they may have learned that when they were in fifth grade mm-hmm. or even fourth grade. And, and I'm creating a gap at that point. So it's just, it's just those standards are important. Accountability is important. Um, and uh, it's, it's definitely a piece of, of what we're doing. Are y'all still doing, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, the uh, one-to-one training. Is that right? Is that what it's called? Like we're kids. Am I, say, am I saying that right? One-to-one initiative. One-to-one initiative. Is that something yeah. that you're still doing? And yeah. Is that unique to Paragold, or is that like every school is now doing that? Uh, as a result of COVID, more and more districts have um, you know, purchased the okay. technology so they can provide uh, one-to-one um, instruction for kids with that technology. Now, with the Paragold School District, we've worked really hard um, to create a structure in which we can sustain that over time, right? What do you so, mean by that? Well, you you can um, have money within your budget mm-hmm. to purchase Chromebooks, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens four or five years later? Yeah, sure. When you need to purchase That's new right. ones. And it's not just about the... Um, Chromebook. It's also about the technology programs that you purchase, uh, what programs work, right? And that was part of our success in the Paragould School District. You know, going back six years ago, uh, you know, we had plenty of money, but uh, we also had several technology programs that we were using, and they were all competing against each other, right? And our limited variable was time. So we weren't implementing any program with fidelity. Mm. Right. So we we worked together, worked with our teachers, found the programs that work for us. And then we we focused on um, implementing those programs. I'm curious, as you think about um, the school district, what are you most proud of um, right now? Uh, Maybe it's something that's unique about this district. Maybe not. What gives you a sense of pride whenever you look and you think about what you guys are able to accomplish right now and the, the kind of education experience you are providing for the students? Yeah, well, I, you know, what I'm most proud of right now, of course, are the kids, right? Um, and I'd, I'd have to say the staff. You know, we, we're going through COVID. We're still dealing with that. Mm-hmm. The last few years, the last couple of years have been tough. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have watched folks um, get knocked down and get back up, mm-hmm. get knocked down again and get back up, you know, and they, they just keep fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very proud of that. Students, families, and staff. Mm-hmm. What is, and I'm interested in this just from a leadership standpoint, cause I'm trying to learn from you. It's like I told you every time I have someone on here, I'm trying to learn something from them. Um, as a, a leader in your position as a superintendent, what's most challenging about your job? Ooh, boy, the job is challenging, Jared. Um, you know, uh, I, I'd have to say uh, I deal with a lot of person, a lot of different personalities, and uh, trying to take care of people um, in my position, it's hard to make. It's hard to keep everybody happy, yeah. right? Um, but you feel um, like that's changed too with social media. Well, it makes it more difficult, you know, it absolutely makes it more difficult. But, you know, what I'm what grounds me is that we always try to do right by kids. Right. Um, you never go wrong by doing right. Yeah. So that but um, 
Yeah, I, I guess dealing with all of the the personalities can personalities can sometimes be a challenge. Yeah, and I think that's where it's so important to be a man of conviction to be able to at the end of the day know that yeah you there's no way you're ever gonna I think this is true of anybody in leadership you're never gonna be able to make everybody happy. Yeah. So you better be able to lay your head down on your pillow at the end of that and know <laughs> that you did the best you could to do the right thing. Yeah, I laugh because my wife will tell you. At night, it takes me two to three minutes, and I'm sleeping. You know, I don't have a guilty conscience, Jerry. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, so. That's yeah. huge. Might not be able to make everybody happy, but at least you don't have a guilty conscience. Yeah, just, just keep plugging away at it and keep trying to do right. That's fantastic. So as I've watched you guys over the last few years, y'all have made uh, a lot of improvements to your campus. Uh, the I've not been in the band room yet. Richie Williams told me I've got to go check it out. It's he beautiful. It's absolutely he called incredible. it the Taj Mahal. Of the Taj Mahal. <laughs> yes. The RLTC. I yeah. talked with, um, I cannot think of his name. Colonel Norman. Yeah, Colonel Norman. And he was like, you got to come look at this. And so he was so proud of it. I, I, I'm curious, are y'all good with where you are or is there any new updates, uh, any new projects that are about to take place on campus? Well, we just finished our tennis courts. That's right. Hey, I forget, how can I forget the tennis courts? <laughs> and I finally got a chance to play on them for the first time last week. Yeah, yeah. I, I was telling our staff, I said, the highlight of my career was getting to pray over those courts whenever the Daily Press well, or whoever else came out. They, Daniel Honeycutt invited me to do the opening prayer. I was like, you have no idea, Daniel. I can die a happy <laughs> man now. It's like my two professions, you know, my profession and my hobby. I get yeah. to marry together praying awesome. for the courts. So, yeah. yeah, I forget about that. Anything else that you guys have coming up? They're beautiful. Um, um, right now we have a, um, a sidewalk and awning project that's taking place at Paragould High School. Uh, we hope to have that complete by the end of September. Um, Hopefully that works out. And uh, the district master facility plan also includes a PE facility. Uh, we're at the process right now where we are exploring our options. Um, Doc, Doc Painter Court is a wonderful place mm -hmm. for a ball game. Yes, it is. Volleyball, basketball, you name great it. Great environment. Great environment. And so, you know, we're trying to decide, do we want a new PE facility, a new arena, or should we explore renovating Doc Painter Court and possibly adding some additional space? And so what we like to do is later this month have a public meeting, um, and we'll, we will go ahead and put that information out over okay. the district app. But uh, anybody interested in finding, uh, finding out more um, about this initiative um, or providing us with feedback will be welcome to attend. That's excellent. For what it's worth, I'm all about y'all doing whatever you need to do to improve the experience for the kids. But I also really hope that the gym's able to stay as close to <laughs> oh, what it's yeah. like. Because we, I, I've talked about both. that. Oh, renovate I, and build. I hope so. You know, because a lot of these schools have built these massive facilities, which work for probably what they're trying to do. But then you go to a basketball game, it's like this feels empty and yes. just cold. And uh, oh, it's a lot far of away fun, from the man. action. Yeah, it removes Far you from away the from the action. Yeah. Well, you're 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 really experiencing there at Paragold. That's, that's right. for sure. Did you know? Here's a little fun fact for you, Doctor J. Okay. Uh, uh, was the voice of the Rams for three years. Wow. And okay. let me and let me tell you something. Okay, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. This may take here. a minute. This is going to take <laughs> just a moment. Uh, yeah, just bear with us for those that are listening. You can probably fast forward about three or four minutes and get back to the uh, what we're doing. Um. Tony Brooks, who used to be at KIT, you wouldn't know that name. It was before you got here. He was teaching at the Ram Channel at the time. It was led by Jimmy Dodd. He was the voice who's now the voice of the Rams again. Yeah. Rightly so. Phenomenal. 
But some equipment broke, and Jimmy Dodd's like, hey, I can't work with this right now. Equipment's broke. So me and a guy named Will Brewer, who's now, I think, the president of First National Paragold, and then Jared Williams, his dad's a Dr. Williams here in town, we were like, we think we can fix the equipment. Uh, Mr. Brooks, can you give us a chance? And gave us a chance. We got it in the air. The parents were like, we love it being student-led. And so for three years, in my senior year, okay, uh, I was a terrible student. I just was, I was like, what's the <laughs> least I can do and graduate? Um, I needed a senior-level course, and I taught, it was Fred Robinson was the principal at the time, into making sports broadcasting a senior-level course so that I could get senior-level credit and graduate at least middle of the pack. Somewhere oh, wow. So, anyways, Doc Painter Court. That's I'm tying this all together. Hey, I, so does that make? That's not. I'm bringing it back in. Yeah, you say like it's a bad thing. I, I think that's real. Uh, it should be a senior level course, and you <laughs> well, took initiative. You. I thought so as well. You yeah, took yeah, initiative. Trying to entrepreneurship, go. you know. Yeah, you'll, you'll be happy to know broadcasting is back this year. Is it really? Yeah, it is back. Yes. Is there that's any awesome. way you could ever bring me in just oh. to teach one class or just to say, hey guys? It is done. <laughs> yes. All right. We'll That'll be fantastic, level. man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, here's the way I'd like to end is with some rapid fire questions. So we do this with every single guest that comes on. So uh, if you're ready, we'll hop into them. I'm ready. All right. Number one, what is either the last show or it could be movie that you watched? Or if you're not really watched, you don't watch a lot of stuff. What's the last book that you read? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would say... <laughs> I will go with book, the Bible. <laughs> I figured that was coming. What were you reading? Uh, Are you not going through it? Like, a, what what is a Doctor J reading plan? Is it like do you go through a book of the Bible? Or do you have like a app that you follow? Yeah, let's start with the Book of Genesis. Okay, and God said, "Let there be." Yeah, right? and, and uh, just keep on going, and just keep on going. So it's all good. But uh, as far as secular uh, material, uh, there's a book called Diffusion of Innovation. Yeah, don't tell me who I can't tell you who that author yeah. is there, but and then a book called Flow by Chickskin Mihai, and don't ask me how to spell it. What but, are these books about? Uh, Flow is about um, um, optimal challenge, right? So the idea of pressure and too yeah. much pressure can lead to anxiety, uh-huh. and not enough pressure can uh-huh. lead to boredom. So you have to have the right amount of pressure. But Flow is a good book. Yeah. Excellent. I've not heard of it. I'm going to check it out. Favorite band. Ooh, okay. Uh, let's go with uh, Aaron Jeffrey. He is. Love that song. That's Aaron okay. Jeffrey. Aaron Jeffrey. See, I don't, is it on K Love? What's that? Was this a K Love song? Uh, oh, I, I, that that goes back from when. Uh, it goes back a ways, Jared. Okay, see, I don't know who Aaron Jeffrey is. Okay. I, I was going to say, I don't listen to K Love, and I was just automatically assuming that's what genre you're in. Yeah. Aaron yeah. Jeffrey's from what? What yeah. year? Years? Oh, I can't tell. I can't even tell you that. My wife and I listened to that song a long time ago. Aaron Jeffrey. Man, I'm learning all kinds of. I new I stuff. remember Aaron Jeffrey. This is way back in the day. Yeah, way back in the day. Um, yeah. What um, genre? Did did he do um, that song "Home Run" with? Uh, oh my gosh, I may be way off. I'm gonna look it up and find out. Yeah, you got the world on. at I'm your fingertips. Come back here in a I'm little bit. Let out. us know more about Aaron Jeffrey. And, and listen, I'm all over the place too. But you know, I also Elvis Presley. Are you an Elvis fan? I, well, I have to be for this particular song, "Amazing Grace." Ah, I love that song. My my son, um, seven years old, uh, has eczema. So when he was a baby, he would be up in the middle of the night, couldn't get him sleep. Right. So uh, there was one thing that seemed to work every single time. 
Come on, man. It was when dad, and don't ask me to sing it. because <laughs> You knew. That was the next thing. <laughs> when dad would sing Amazing Grace. So, Could yeah. you do it in the Elvis uh, like tone? He must have thought so. Yeah. Right on, man. <laughs> That's excellent. So. Uh, uh, what is your favorite meal? The the last one my wife made. <laughs> Pot roast last night. No, I, 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 I would have to say a uh, big fan of pizza. Pizza on a Friday night with my family Ooh. in a bird's nest. What kind of uh, pizza? <laughs> yeah. What kind of pizza are you going to get? Oh, it, it just, you name it. It doesn't matter. It don't matter. Yeah, it doesn't you got matter. a beverage like a Coke, Dr. Pepper? What are you going to oh, do yeah, that? Yeah, probably need to drink more water, but I think my beverage of choice is probably coffee. <laughs> but not with your pizza. Uh, I drink coffee all the time. Do listen, you really? man, oh, listen, you I worked on a doctorate. I could drink a pot of coffee to like <laughs> sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what is on your nightstand right now? <laughs> uh, remember, I can fall asleep pretty quick. So I, I'd have to say uh, my alarm clock, uh, okay. my cell phone, and uh, use it sometimes for worship music. and yep. uh, That'll put me to sleep. And, uh, and sometimes just play that Bible app. Sure. Just let it go. Yeah. Sleep. Excellent. Uh, give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life. That brings you great joy. Huh. Uh, okay. On the carpet with the kids crawling all over me. Well, that's cool, man. Just wrestling, man. That's great. Right on. I would I would not want to wrestle with you. So <laughs> I would I have, uh, to, I have to be really careful. I'm about to say it's a gentle giant. Yeah, thing, yeah. <laughs> um last question. What is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? My wife, mm-hmm. she is uh, an extraordinary person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, it, it, it'd tear me up if I get going. She's been my best friend um, mm-hmm. for so long. And, uh, and most people don't get to, they don't get to know her the way I do. But she is uh, just a beautiful person. When I say beautiful, uh, yeah, she's pretty. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, she's pretty. When I met her. Uh, she was formerly a model. I don't know if you knew that about her. Seriously? She did some modeling. Jared, I did too. No, come on, I, bro. Uh, I did. I really did. I was also a cheerleader. Uh, what? Back in the day, I'm telling well, you. Time out. What were you, what were you modeling? <laughs> Tuxedos. Tuxedos. Wow. I can see that. You're one, a sharp dressed man. One time and they never asked me back. <laughs> That's all right. You don't have to tell that part of the yeah. story. <laughs> I won't. I'll and you were that. a cheerleader. Was that in high school or college? That was high school. You did that in football? Yeah, yeah. And powerlifting? Yeah, I was pretty good at throwing people in the air. I bet you were. Yeah. Could you still do it? Yeah, well, well it, it depends on how big the person is. What about Robert? Could you get Robert up, you think? That'd be on. great. I want to video that. I, I could Leave it. me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me out of this. But my, I didn't know that, man. Yeah, my, so my wife, she's beautiful. Drop mm-hmm. dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But when I say beautiful, you know, I tell my girls this all the time. Beautiful, pretty is part of beautiful. But beautiful is so much more than just pretty. Mm. Beautiful is all of those. It, it's character. It's mm. kind. It, it's uh, unselfish. My wife is all of that. Awesome, man. So much more. Excellent. Well, that's a great place to end. Thank you so much for coming on. I really do always enjoy our time together, so I appreciate you making space for it. It's great. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And that was Dr. J. First time around him? First yeah, time first time I've ever met him. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. yep. Heard a lot of great things about him, and he lived up to the hype. Yeah. Uh, I said it earlier, and I really mean it. He's one of my favorite people. I uh, got an opportunity to know him really, and I feel like in the last five, six months, uh, I'd heard of him, but uh, been able to spend a little bit more time with him. And uh, man, his passion comes through, his heart comes through. We are so blessed to have leaders like him uh, in the school district here. Uh, and so thank you, Dr. Jay, for coming on. I know you're a very busy man. And to those who are listening, thanks so much uh, for tuning in. If you've not already done so, please check us out on our different social media platforms. We're on Instagram. We are on Facebook. Um, if you've not done this, please go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Um, that helps people to find us more quickly and just learn about the amazing people who are living right here in Paragold. So as always, again, thanks so much for listening. Until next time.